Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is The Edge of Seventeen. My name is Jimmy, and I sang in Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. My name is Jeff, and I unsuccessfully auditioned for MTV's The Real World, twice! My name is Dan, and last night I slurped raw oysters at the longest continually operated restaurant in America. Wow. That's fun. Slurping oysters is always fun. It was good. But when you throw in a fun fact like that, it's even funner. Yeah. Wow. Great. So, Jimmy. Yes. Do we have any reviews, ratings, emails, or tweets? So, we do actually have one review, and it's from Dan's dad, my uncle. <laughs> he says four stars. I don't know why he didn't give us, didn't give us what five the hell? stars. Are you serious, Brian? <laughs> but he did say, funny and entertaining. Can't wait to hear Dan talk the guys into the Celtics and get them to bleed green. Well, unfortunately, he did not successfully talk us into the Boston Celtics, but uh, it was pretty close. He uh, did like the episode. Oh, he did like the episode. That's Only good. four stars worth. Shout out to my dad, Brian, and his co-worker, Gina, who listened to this through their entire office every week. <laughs> Which is awesome. That's great. This is the time of the episode where we like to take a moment to tell you what we've been talking ourselves into. Just something little in our lives that we enjoy. But not enough for a whole episode. So, yesterday, I tried something that I've been very curious about for a while. Can we guess? No, because you see it on the notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be funny if it is so specific, too. <laughs> is it sensory deprivation floating? Yes. Wow. I went for a float in a sensory deprivation chamber. You had a float? Is that like the verbiage? Yeah. I'm just going for a call float. It. Yeah, they're like, have you ever floated before, bro? Wow. <laughs> These are not my type of people. These are yoga people. These are people who eat a lot of hummus. New age essential was, oil. Yes. I was people with uh, those salt lamps. Oh, yeah. Himalayan people, salt lamps. I was asked to take my shoes off before I entered the building. Yeah. Oh, nice. But other than that, I really, really enjoyed myself. Oh, you did? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. He, he was glowing about it last night at dinner. Yeah. I met Jeff and his wife for dinner, and I was feeling like I was high even though i've never been high i imagine it's what it feels like he was just like he just had a permanent smile like he did something he wasn't supposed to and got away with it yeah it was (laughs) just so it was blissful it was full body and mind relaxation yeah so this is completely dark right you you can't see your hand in front of your face right i mean you're given the option there's a light in there that you can control yeah and you can also ask for music but Both of those things kind of defeat the purpose. Yeah. The purpose is to deprive your senses. Basically, the way they say it is uh, we live in a world where we're constantly assaulted with input, Mm. visual, auditory, you know, all those things. So 
you basically go into this small room. There's 10 inches of highly like salinic water, yeah. Epsom salts, and you float. And there's no sound. There's no light. And after a while, this weird thing happens where also the water and the air temperature in this room are the exact same temperature as your skin temperature. Mm-hmm. Well, approximately like 97 degrees. So after a few minutes, when you are able to relax yourself and calm your mind, you get this weird sensation where you can't tell where the water and air end and begin, mm-hmm. and your body sort of loses touch. And See, I would feel like I was completely underwater and drowning at that point. No, you could still breathe. No, but like that's what it would feel like if I, I was in water, but I couldn't feel where it ended. I it's the closest to, to an out-of-body experience, as I can say I've yeah. ever had. Because you lose sensation, you lose all touch sensation, you're not mm-hmm. touching anything, and it's so dark, I couldn't tell if my eyes were open or closed sometime. Yeah. The first few minutes were weird, I kept having to check things, like open and close my eyes, or lift my hands out of the water and put them back in, but after a while, I started having, like, I'm not going to lie, like some, I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but some mild hallucinations. Mm. The way I describe it is, you know, if you've ever looked into a bright light and then close your eyes and you see, like, weird, like, shapes a little bit. Yeah. Like that was happening. Okay. And I was sort of in and out of sleep for the rest of the time. Did you get water in your eyes? No. No, oh, because that would burn probably. Yeah, but you just don't put your face in the water. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Jeff's coming to this, for those that don't know, Jeff doesn't know how to swim. And I would say he has a a respect, if not a mild fear of water. You have to respect drowning. water. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Do you respect it, the water? I respect water. <laughs> so anyways, but if if you're not afraid of it, and you're interested in it, I highly encourage it was you to try it out. There's a place local to us in New Haven. Uh, yeah, I really want to join a membership and do it mm. more often. I'm interested in trying this, but I'm afraid I would. I, I don't have a history of like panic attacks or anything, but I, I have a feeling that this may like be a little anxiety inducing. Yeah, because inducing, water not, gives life, yeah. but it also takes it away. All I can say is that there's really no danger. They're, they show you there's an intercom within the chamber. Yeah. So if anything was to happen, you switch on the light, you hit the intercom, okay. you're out of there. Okay. You control the door. There's no lock on it. The only yeah. thing I don't like is the no sound because then you're like focused on like your heart beating. Yeah. And like breathing. I have slate tinnitus too. So I just like hear the ringing. Oh, because and... like I think what's relaxing is like hearing waves break. You can like request sound. They have a speaker birds. in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I first had like a strange reaction to that because they give you earplugs so you don't get water in your ears. Yeah. And the girl was like, you don't have to use them. If you float it in a pool and it doesn't bother you, then you probably don't need them. But I tried them out and uh, it was actually affecting me more because I was really, you know, when you have earplugs in, yeah. you can really, really hear, hear your, your heart. heart and your yeah. breathing and stuff. You so after a while, I've just popped them out. And then I was fine. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It I, I, I'm interested in trying that out at some point. It was point. dope. Yeah. Jimmy, what have you been talking yourself into? Uh, this week, I have been trying to talk myself back into watching some more TV. Um, oh. It, it was hard at first because, as listeners know, I do work for a broadcasting company. So there was a lot of time where I had to watch TV for eight hours a week. Uh, or eight Poor hours a you. day, I mean. Poor you. Uh, well, our networks aren't the greatest. But um, I, I recently got a, a promotion where I don't have to be sitting in a pod watching television all the time, which is great for me, uh, which also means that I can watch TV and still enjoy it again. So um, what I've been trying to do is go through all of our 
um, shows that we've talked about on this show and trying to uh, complete them. My next step is actually finishing Deadwood because Deadwood's coming out. The movie's coming out at, at some point. Then after that's done, maybe I'll go into the Twilight Zone. Maybe I'll try and finish up Doctor Who. And uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to talk myself back nice. into watching some TV shows. Doctor Who. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into this week? I am talking myself into, successfully, by the way, watching YouTube videos on two times speed. Oh, okay. Which is life-changing, let me tell you. <laughs> because I've known the option is there, and for years I'm like, who would use this? For what purpose does this exist? And then, the other day at work, every now and then my job has a book club where they take a group of people out to lunch and discuss some book about making yourself better at business, which mm-hmm. never works, and they're terrible books. Uh, and the day before mine, I forgot to read the book that we had for two months. Um, so I was like, oh, crap. You sound like me now. Yeah, except it was about, like, compounding interest. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's what, worse than Animorphs. It wasn't as cool as little kids that turn into animals. <laughs> so... I found uh, the audiobook on YouTube and I was like, oh man, this is going to take five hours to listen to, or will it take two and a half hours to <laughs> listen to? So I did that and uh, I was like, this is incredible. And moving forward, I use this technique while listening to the Animorphs audiobooks for talking me into. Oh. And I was like, I listened to the first one on regular speed because I'm like, you know, I want to enjoy this. But yeah. then I was like, why am I doing this? When two times the speed exists. So do you listen to podcasts at faster rates? No, but I'm going to start. Oh, yeah. Why don't you do that? Because I didn't know it was a thing. I don't know what podcast player you use, but I like one and a half. I think two is a little bit too much. Jim, what do you do? You listen I, to listen, I listen to normal speed. Really? I mean, uh, some things I, I do always listen to normal speed because like, you know, I want to enjoy the show. So let me let me just say this. Like for comedy stuff, you may want to listen to regular speed because jokes do not work at two times speed. Right. Yeah. But anything else, like, my other question is, you said you're watching, you want to get into watching videos on YouTube at two times. Oh, I am. But is it only, like, audio no. books? No. So, also, whenever, like, I, I've mentioned before on the show, like, if I'm eating dinner by myself, I'll watch some YouTube videos. Yeah. Maybe it's about, like, music theory or cooking or yeah. magic cards. And, like, uh, a lot of it is magic videos, either, like, unboxings or people just, like, talking about cards. And, uh... <laughs> or if I'm having a poo and I got five to ten minutes, I'll watch a video. The other day, I watched a there was a twenty minute video, and I was like, I wouldn't have the time for this, but now I got the time. Two times speed, it's over in ten minutes. Boom! Yeah. I saw, I saw every card, and I was like, okay, those are some good pulls. Got some <laughs> Mythic Planeswalkers out of these packs. I'm so disgusted by all of this. <laughs> well, what what would you do on the toilet? I wouldn't watch videos about magic cards. But you read, <laughs> your bathroom has like Entertainment Weekly. Who yeah. cares? It's something that you get in, enjoyment I, well, out of. Well, my first instinct is to say, you're not busy enough to have to watch videos at two times speed. But here's the thing. <laughs> now I can watch twice the amount of videos that I normally would have. Uh, whatever it's not makes like you happy, It's not like my time Jeff. is worth anything. <laughs> I don't do anything good with my free time anyway. Yeah. It's just consuming stupid media. It's just media. levels. There's just there's a level that my brain can't get around just to watch a video about magic cards. And then now you're speeding them up to watch double the amount of videos about magic it's cards. It's not just magic cards. That's just like, because like sometimes. While you're eating when... dinner alone, I just feel like someone needs to adopt you. Is there anyone that could take this boy into their home and teach him how to live a normal human life? I wish I could be trapped as a hawk. Yeah. 
So we have never done a movie yet here on Talk Me Into. Which is odd. I know, because we're That all... was one of the conceits of the podcast <laughs> yeah. when we were coming up with it. Yeah, it's something easy, and like the Talk Me Into is whether you liked it or not. It's not like, will you continue to watch yeah, this movie? Yeah. So um, I picked a movie that I know that neither of you have watched, um, probably because it's on a list and you guys didn't say, oh, I like that. But... Um, <laughs> So this is a movie called The Edge of 17, which is written and directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, which is relatively unknown. A name that I have never heard before in that order. Yeah. Um, but it, it does star uh, Haley Steinfeld, who is starting to become more of a more prominent actress. That's a person whose name I've heard, but I have no idea. Who yeah. She are. was in Pitch Perfect 3 and she did the voice of Gwen Stacy and Into the Spider-Verse, yes. I believe. Okay. Yes. And, and she's a singer, I've but seen she's one like of those bad. Things. You can guess yeah. which one. And she was also um, in Bumblebee as well, the new Transformers movie, which mm-hmm. apparently is getting decent reviews. I'm not a I'm not a Transformers fan, but her that's actually not terrible. That's going to be a no for me, Doc. I would yeah, rather same. eat live bumblebees than see Bumblebee. <laughs> and this is also st- starring uh, Woody Harrelson as Who's well. Who's in every movie that exists? Yeah, um, he's the basically supporting actor in this movie. Um, this movie itself was nominated for Best Actress in the Golden Globes. And um, it was also nominated for Critics' Choice Awards for Best Comedy, Best Actress in Comedy, and Best Young Actress. And um, and the Nick Kids' Choice Awards? And the, the Critics', Critics Choice, Choice Awards. Oh. Um, <laughs> the Kids' Choice Awards? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't get slimed. Um, <laughs> the, plot is, the plot is a pretty simple coming-of-age story. Um, it's a girl in high school who's being overshadowed by her older, more popular brother. And um, has a struggle kind of finding herself. And um, she also finds out that uh, her best friend sort of has a thing for her older brother. And um, mm. she, he's basically or she's basically like the only good thing in her life. And then when she finds that out, what's she going to do with that information? So she goes to her uh, kind of disgruntled, uh, I think, English teacher who is portrayed by Woody Harrelson. Um I'm a fan of this movie because I'm a sucker for coming of age stories. And uh, I believe that Haley Steinfeld also gives a really good performance. She was nominated for a bunch of awards for that. So I think that's saying something. And I think the comedy is really great. Um, especially I'm a fan of people who are writer directors, people who have written stuff and then they're able to execute it how they want to do. It's like one singular vision. Um it, it does kind of remind me of a combination of Lady Bird and Eighth Grade, sort of oh, combining. I was going to say well, both Yeah, of those. I was going to ask, yeah. like, are there any movies that you know that we like that yep. you think it's similar to? So that's sort of where you'd put it in? Yeah, I would. Uh, funny enough, this actually comes out before both of those. But I, I believe that it's a good culmination of both Lady Bird and Eighth Dude, Grade. Dude, Lady Bird took place exactly when I was in, in that school. grade, that yeah. same year. And it hits me on every single level. Yeah perfectly yeah i'm i'm 10 years younger than you are but that movie is still phenomenal i mean eighth grade too that's uh yeah yeah um good one yeah for sure that's the one that hit jimmy close to home because i've seen jimmy fitch's blogs (laughs) and they are (laughs) oh boy oh wow that's right yep so i literally walked out of eighth grade and i was like jimmy is gonna have some takes (laughs) for this movie (laughs) it's a great movie uh for sure but um it, it does take place in modern day. Um, it, it's it kind of reminds me of a modern day Lady Bird, um, okay. but but with a m- little more of a comedic twist to it. This is definitely more of a comedy than a drama. Um, um, so, do you guys have any? Do you even know what the movie is? Or 
I've heard, heard the title it. and I've yeah. heard of the actress, but that's literally all I know. I had no yeah. idea about the plot or I didn't know Woody Harrelson was in it. Yeah. Um, I like coming of age stories. I like the movies that you referenced. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to give it a shot. How about yeah. you, Jeff? I'll yeah. pump an hour and a half into it. All right. So not a minute more though. <laughs> Jeff walks at an I hour. I will and a half. cut it at ninety <laughs> minutes and one second. So uh, I don't have anything else more to say about it other than go watch um uh, what's the movie? Uh, the Age <laughs> of Seventeen. Yeah, Jimmy's really <laughs> in love with this one. So uh, when we come back, oh, it's on Netflix too for, for uh, people oh, that haven't seen it yet. Good point. Yeah, Check it is it on out Netflix. On Netflix or your local blockbuster, and watch it. <laughs> And when we come back, we will have seen The Edge of Seventeen, and we will be spoiling the heck out of it. So if you haven't seen it, stop right now, and then come back. And we're back. After a startling several weeks away due to scheduling conflicts. I know, it's been quite a while. It's been a whole 18 seconds for the listener. Yes, we have burnt through the edge of 17 at an accelerated pace, meaning we watched it in real time. We <laughs> we played it very what? slowly. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it at double time because Jeff talked me into watching things. Oh, no, yeah. No, I didn't Great. do that. Oh, I sure hope not. No. I watched, that would make no sense. I watched five minutes a day for the last month mm. and got through it. So if you're listening to this, spoiler alert, we will be spoiling the edge of 17, <laughs> the film... From Netflix, that is about... Not from Netflix, but... A film on Netflix. On Netflix. That is about a young teenage girl coming to terms with being a teenage girl. Yeah. As three adult men, what did we think about it? Yeah. I mean, it's our place to judge, right? Yeah. I'll let Jeff start. This movie starts out with Haley Steinfeld, not to be confused with Jerry Jerry Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Uh, she plays a character named Dean, not the titular character, but the main character. Yeah. And she's uh, something bad just happened and we don't know what because she's pretty frantic at this point. Yeah. And she's uh, she's talking about killing herself. Yeah. To her teacher who seems to make light of the situation. Yeah. Which is equal parts humorous and really messed up. Yeah. yeah. Typical Woody Harrelson performance. I know. I thought I was watching a fourth Planet of the Apes, to be honest with you. Or a fifth Hunger Games. Or a second White Men Can't Jump. (laughs) He's in a lot of movies. So let's get started. Like, obviously, that's just sort of like a cold open scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The movie really gets going when it flashes back and starts to handle the death of the main character's father. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know about you, Jeff, or if you remember back to when you originally saw it, Jimmy, but I felt that this was really telegraphed. Like, the moment I saw the father and how he was interacting with the daughter and the mother, I'm like, he gonna die. Yeah. Because of that, and also because there are well-known actors in the movie, and And he he is is not. not. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, yes, he will die shortly. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it, it will be sad. I don't think it needed to be a shocking moment, but no, but no, but it did set up that needed to be there and it's fine. It did set off an alarming chain of events for me, Mm. which was after I literally thought that and was proven correct, like moments later, excuse me, I started um, writing down predictions (laughs) as one would do. Yeah. And they were all coming true throughout the course of the film. I thought it was formulaic. 
because we've seen I mean, we did say that this came out before like Lady Bird in eighth grade, which yeah. are two current very popular movies about young girls coming to age. And um I mean it it's it's what happens, right? So even yeah. if this is like as true as possible, the same thing happens throughout the country and throughout our society to the same types of girls. So I understand that there's like a formula for it because it's similar. Like the things we went through in high school, other people also went through in high school. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with there being a formula. Um, like you said, obviously some of the beats were, uh, reminiscent of other films that I've seen. I, I guess I had an issue with some of the writing, um, like felt like they were laying the groundwork a little too heavily on some of these character beats or like, you know. Yeah, I, I was reading a little bit about how the director was uh, inspired by John Hughes movies. And then he mm-hmm. she kind of went with, I guess, that sort of mentality going towards it. Yeah. So um, do you want to get into sort of the plot of it? Sure. Um, well, before we do, uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. And I'll, I'll say this when we get there. So. She has a close relationship with her father. She butts heads with her mother and her brother, who the brother kind of seems like a goody two-shoes. Yeah. Popular kid. Yeah, yeah. And the rug is pulled out from under her because her father passes away. And it's a pretty heart-wrenching scene. She's in the car with him. He he appears to suffer a heart attack. And he is singing a Billy Joel song. Oh, that's right. Which I don't remember what song, but um, before we started recording, or maybe it was recording, it'll be an outtake, (laughs) uh, Dan... Was riffing on some Billy Joel. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty what weird can I time. say? It may have been that song, wasn't it? It I probably was. All I can say is that I'm in a New York state of mind. <laughs> so um, it flashes forward. Two scenes from an Italian restaurant? No. Okay. It flashes forward, what, a couple of years, I think, maybe? Yeah. Uh, does it show her as a little girl at one point, too? Or yeah, in the early scene, yeah. That's earlier. Yeah, and she, that's she right. meets her best friend, and they are co-moms to a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. That's right. So she's kind of a loner. She's not, like, popular. She has a hard time, like, getting along with other kids, but she does make this one friend, and they're, like, thick as thieves, like, growing up. They're, yeah, yeah. they're each other's bestie. Um, so that's why it's a really big shock when, during a slumber party between her and the friend... Oh, boy. The friend has... Don't tell me. Don't tell me the friend has a... Physical relationship. With her brother? brother. Not the... Oh, no. No. With Nadine's brother. Not her own brother. No. (laughs) Okay, so it's a little bit less weird. This isn't a French film. No. So it's very shocking, and Nadine feels betrayed, like... My one ally has joined my mortal enemy, my brother. Oh, no. Um... So she feels rejected. They sort of break up their friendship. And then they, now she's alone. She is. But they introduce someone in her school. A gentleman by the name of Erwin Kim mm-hmm. sits next to her in class and he is very nice to her. And the minute they introduced him and he was interested in what was going on in her life, I wrote down uh, she will end up with Erwin Kim. Yeah. Yes, but not after some tumultuous hangouts. Yeah. And letdowns for Irwin. So I guess one thing I wanted to bring up a little aside from the plot is what did you what did you think, Jeff and Jimmy, about um, the graphic nature of this movie? In other words, unlike a lot of typical coming of age, they did not pull any punches with their use of language or 
sexual themes. That's why I like it. I mean, to go back to the two examples we've been comparing this to, Lady Bird mm-hmm. and Eighth Grade. Yeah. The same thing in those. Mm-hmm. There are there are very awkward and graphic sexual moments. Um, a lot of them are mirrored, which we'll get back to later. Um, I think it was fine because it, it wasn't like it wasn't done for shock value or to be gratuitous. I don't think it's set to ground it. Yeah. And like it, it didn't seem like there's a scene later on. I guess we can just talk about it now since we're talking about uh, relationships where Erwin um, is clearly attracted to her. She's like friendly with him, but she has her eyes set on another guy who she likes physically, but has no emotional connection to. Mm -hmm. And um, Dan is just (laughs) creepily eating a date dipped in peanut butter as I'm talking about teenage sex. Continue. (laughs) I forgot what my point was. Her and Erwin have an uh, awkward interaction. They do. They have an awkward interaction as well, but um, she also has like this this moment where she accidentally texts uh, Nick, who is the apple of her eye, something very gratuitous and sexual. And it didn't feel realistic, but I don't think that it was bad. I think it was just like it just had a little bit of Hollywood polish on it compared to something that is like gritty and grounded more in the real world like eighth grade might have where like yeah there's digital aspects because she's on youtube in eighth grade yeah. and she they're like texting and all that and it seemed a little more real than just like this weird random messaging app that was clearly added and oh yeah, yeah yeah but like it was still like that stuff can happen you this is what she's thinking and feeling towards <laughs> this boy as her body changes and she grows <laughs> and she accidentally hits send and then she's she spiraled into uh not caring because eventually Nick is like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go make squishies. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And like later on it, it turns out bad. And that's like the whole, you know, Dynamic. last act of the movie. But I don't think that that's a bad thing. I, um, I think it was just a little too polished, but is it bad? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't say it was bad, but I couldn't help but think like Jimmy called out references to John Hughes films. Mm-hmm. And to me, this was like a director or a writer saying like, hey, we're like John Hughes, but edgier and more modern. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. didn't, do didn't you feel think... as authentic authentic as the moments that you referenced from Lady Bird in eighth grade? I'm I'm not a huge John Hughes fan. I've seen some of his movies, so I can't pull like a direct reference. But I've there, seen a lot. There was still like a lot of sexuality in those movies. Yeah, I guess but it wasn't also, as overt though. But do you think yeah. that had he started making movies twenty years later, they wouldn't have been? It's possible. Is it a product of his we'll, time? We'll get on to my overall opinions later, but okay. I just wanted to sort of bring that up because you know, this was sort of the first introduction of that. So going back to the awkward moment with Erwin, do you want to talk about that, Dan or Jimmy? Mm, you can talk about it. Well, I mean, I just ranted, so I'm giving one of you an opportunity. Yeah, and she made a, uh, an awkward joke asking if Erwin wanted to have sex, and he was like, yes. And then she was like, I was joking. Yeah. There was also a time before that, too, where uh, they were up on the Ferris wheel and... Um, they're stuck up top or something, and then Erwin uh, tries to go in for a kiss, and she's like, uh, nope, not doing that. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, a little strange because he was clearly interested in her. Yeah. She seemed like she wasn't, yet she was still spending a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little strange. Um, I liked Woody Harrelson in this movie. Yeah. I think he was doing his Woody Harrelson thing that he does in a lot of movies. Some, yeah. 
some would say he's phoning it in, but he's he's so natural in these types of roles, this mm-hmm. grizzled mentor type of role. Yeah, that you can't help but like. He seems like a good guy. Like you wanna, uh, you wanna like listen to what he has to say. And mm-hmm. You want him to take some sort of a mentor role in in the life of the main character. Yeah, I like him a lot in this movie. I think this this role was probably written for him. Yeah. Um, but um, I th- I thought he fit the role pretty well. Yeah. So and then as Jeff alluded to, she through an awkward text conversation, she ends up. Going on a date with Nick, her dreamboat. But before the date, once she hits sends, she freaks out, and then it flashes to the beginning of the movie. Right, and that's why she's, quote, and that's, going to kill And that's yeah. why she's panicking, because she sent this gratuitous graphic text before she got a reply. Yeah. And then she got a reply saying, cool, let's meet up. And then yeah, her yeah. tone changed because she's getting what she wanted, which is <laughs> well, selfish. she thought she was getting what she wanted. Yeah. At this time, yes. Yeah. It's selfish, like... Oh, okay, I'm good now because I got what I wanted, but that's being a teenager. Yep. Can we also talk about Woody Harrelson's excellent point of <laughs> you need to watch out for run-on sentences when yeah. he's reading the uh, the text message? Yeah, that was his only comment about yeah. the text. <laughs> that's pretty good. It was funny. So she goes on the what she thinks is a date, but what Nick clearly sees as a booty call or a hookup. Yeah. And it doesn't go well. They have different end goals in <laughs> mind, you may say. And... Uh, I don't remember what happened exactly after that. Oh, well, so what what he's talking about is there's a scene where they meet up in the car. He's trying to hook up with her. She's not feeling it. Says no. He gets a little pushy. And I think it was a good scene. I think eighth grade did it better because it was less graphic and a little it felt realer mm. and it was way more awkward. And I think it was a better way to show, hey, if you're like 15 or 16 watching this, this could happen. Yeah. And this is how bad it is. So this was a little more Hollywood. Uh, I think it's fine. I think it I know, agree. It happens a lot. I do like the the added factor of when um he's like pushing her off or whatever. Um like after he's try he's trying to basically feel her up. And um she's like, no, no, I don't want to do that, whatever. And he's just kind of being like a douche. And um after that, she's trying to like, trying to like cheer him up. It's sort of like manipulated by him, um, being like because she feels like she has to. Yeah, she's exactly. victimized, but she still feels like yeah. she has to make him feel good. Yeah, he definitely lays a guilt trip on her. Yeah, I, I like that aspect of it a lot. You like laying guilt trips on women? <clears throat> no, but I like oh, okay. seeing that on film. Jimmy's into well, seeing how that. How else are all of us <laughs> incels gonna get it, Jim? Exactly. Oh boy. So, um. I think she kind of has a rude awakening that Nick is not the right guy for her. Yeah. But through this whole process, she's sort of like disappeared. Um, her family can't get a hold of her. She left her house a mess. She ditched school. Mm-hmm. So her mom's like sort of freaking out and she sends her brother who we haven't gotten a lot from him in this movie. She portrays him as like a suck up and uh you know popular kid yeah, has a body but behind the uh-huh. scenes like they don't they don't really highlight it but they do show like he's going to help his mom yeah take you know because uh nadine is making her mom's life hard as teenagers do so he is going to he does this stuff and he doesn't take credit for it to make a big deal and you see it. the way he interacts with um his new girlfriend nadine's yeah, he, friend he treats her well yeah so i wrote down Oh, boy. I wrote down, the brother is clearly not a bad guy. And I wrote that down 
from the minute they showed him they as, introduced as him. a teenager. Yeah. Not not the little kid version, right. but when they introduced him as a teenager. Mm. Yeah, I, but I don't. I mean, I see what Jimmy's you're saying. looking nervous. <laughs> I see. I do see what you're saying. I get where you're going from, but I don't think they portrayed him as a bad guy. You see him early on through Nadine's eyes as someone who's kind of a douche. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. My my note was once we get to this point is brother is multidimensional exclamation point <laughs> um, because after. In, in the car, she eventually gets out, runs away. She doesn't have a ride home. Um, so she goes, to, she calls her she teacher. She gets picked up Woody by Harrelson, Woody Harrelson. Whose name I don't remember. Teacher. Teach. What yeah. up, teach? Yo, pick me up. I got a bad thing going on. I just need to get home. I don't want to go home. Bring me to your home. Prof. <laughs> and then uh, um, basically, um, I forget how he finds out where she is, but the mother asks the brother to go get her. So. He goes to get Nadine from Woody Harrelson's house, and they have a confrontation because she's like, that's right, you're only doing this to suck up to mom, and everyone loves you, and you're so important. And he just basically like lays it out and says like how difficult it is and how since their dad died, he's been struggling too, and he's forced to like prop his mother up because she can't handle anything anymore. Go to college is close to home that he doesn't want to go to just to yeah. be near her. Yeah, so you find out that the brother's not such a bad guy, and I think she realizes that too. Mm-hmm. So you're glossing over a big part okay. uh, that really fleshed out Woody Harrelson's character. When he brings her home, you find out that he's got a lovely wife and a mm-hmm. newborn baby, and he's a really good dad, yeah. and he's just a good person. Yeah, he's not the big tough guy that he portrays Yeah, because I think early yeah. on, like, she mentioned things like um, she was trying to, like, hook him up with her mom. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And then right. she finds out, like, oh, he's married. He has this amazing home life, and he's still willing to leave like a wife with a newborn kid to go help out a student and yeah. his his wife is very kind to her and he's just uh he's just a really good guy mm-hmm. and i think i think that was the last time we saw him in the movie yeah yeah um because it's almost at the end yes we're going towards the end yes so once um she sort of has this encounter with her brother i don't remember what happens <laughs> So she goes home, basically yeah, goes sleeps it home. off. Yeah. And then she wakes up in the morning and she sees her brother interacting with her ex-best friend and realizes that these two are kind of good together and maybe maybe she shouldn't like hold it over them that they have this relationship going. Mm-hmm. So she kind of mend, mends fences. She says, uh, you know, can I call you? And yeah, can, yeah. can we get back to hanging out to her friend? Which I liked. It wasn't a big overly dramatic moment. It was just clearly her like, you know, opening the doors back up to a friendship. Yeah. And then she goes to Irwin's um, little film festival. film festival slash art show thing because he's been into animation. Mm-hmm. He made a cartoon. Yeah. Which appeared to be somewhat about her, her and their interactions and relationship. Mm-hmm. So they come together at the end and it's very clear that they're going to be a couple yeah there was a moment when i was hoping the movie would do what it didn't do when she was like oh i got it that character was about me and, and he was like, like no no <laughs> and she got really like embarrassed and it was awkward and i was hoping that that to was God, true yeah that the ending yeah. would just be her like not getting what she wanted yeah me too because like that's real life yeah i was hoping that some other girl would come up and he'd be like nadine this is my girlfriend oh i was praying for oh, it but geez. like they let it hang for like 30 seconds yeah so yeah. i was like oh yeah it's, they're gonna do it. and then they did it and i was like oh, i still like it they're cute <laughs> yeah 
So you want to talk about like overall thoughts and stuff? Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, like I made it clear, like I had some issues with the writing. Um, I wasn't like it felt a little telegraphed to me, like they were pulling their punches and sort of, I don't know. It was like they didn't have the um courage to just jump out there with some of these plot points. They were foreshadowing like too much. Mm. They didn't have an. It felt like they didn't have enough respect for the intelligence of the audience. That they were just like saying like, oh, here's this guy you love. He's dead. Here's this kid that's being nice to her. They're going to be a couple. Yeah. So I don't know. That that was my biggest problem with it. What I did really like was I liked a lot of the performances. Uh, I thought Woody Harrelson was great. And um, I forgot her name. Haley Steinfeld. Yep. She was good. I haven't really seen her in anything, but um, I enjoyed her performance. Have you watched Love, Simon yet? I have not. Okay. It's sitting over there. Is she in that movie? No, but it's basically another john hughes movie type what i was thinking yeah yeah jeff what did you think overall same thing um i thought that it it hit all the coming of age tropes which is fine um had a little bit of a hollywood gloss on on the genre yeah which um i'm usually not too into like the same thing like uh hilly seinfeld's performance was good but they even made her like too attractive I know. Oh, so I wrote something down about this too. I know that might be like superficial, but like when they made her look ugly, they like it was like almost cartoony. They like gave her this really bad haircut. Yeah, and they like you could make people look normal without making them look like cartoon characters. Yeah, and it went from like that to her just being a normal, attractive actress. Well, this is like a very common teen movie thing. Like they even make fun of it, and not another teen movie. That they'll take this like supermodel actress and try to make her look quote unquote plain by like giving yeah. her a bad haircut. Yeah. And like not putting as much makeup on her or whatever, or mm-hmm. putting her in like saggy tomboy clothes. So I, I felt the same thing. I was like, this is an extremely good looking girl who's supposed to be sort of like an outcast nerd. I mean that that can happen. I'm not saying that like, you know, attractive women don't have their issues. Yeah. Either, right. Because they certainly do. But it was clear um, that that's what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it, you know, formulaic, little, little glossy, uh, but overall, I thought it, you know, it did what it was supposed to do. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Okay. I guess I got to ask the question, which I'm, I don't know. This is I'm my feeling. favorite part of every show. This is like. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's like the hill at a roller coaster, like right when you go over and your belly goes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it feels like every time. every time. Every we time. We should have put a drum roll in here. You guys are I my drug. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I, wanna, can't, I can't quit you. I want to mainline you into my veins <laughs> in between my toenails. Dan oh. and Jeff, did I talk you into the edge of 17? Yes. yes. What? We tricked you. Uh, well, no, I mean... Uh, this one is we've never done a, just one movie like yeah. self-contained non-franchise movie yeah and will i watch it again probably not yeah but it was it was a it good was movie fun. it was fine yeah yeah I, I, there was nothing about it that like i hated mm-hmm. there was nothing that i was like oh i can't believe i'm watching this i sat down watched it didn't pause once mm. you know it was fine it was a good movie. Yeah, I, I feel about the same. It wasn't perfect. I think I might watch it again. Yeah. Especially because the first time through, I was being very analytical because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to throw it on like in the background, like while I'm cleaning the house or 
Okay. You know, maybe show it to someone else who's never seen it before. It was fun. Yeah. Or if we have an epic all-night view fest of teenage girls coming to age movies, we yes. can toss it in there. Yeah. Would you guys put it in the same category as, like, Lady Bird or 8th Grade? I wouldn't. I liked your comparison of John Hughes better because yeah. um, I think those are, like, I would equate them to, like, pop art. Yes. Like, they're sugary sweet, they're fun, and when they're over, they're gone. They don't really stick with you. Okay. Um, I, I could see that. I don't think it has the same style or like auteur voice that Lady Bird and Eighth Grade. I'd have. agree with that. Right. Like I've watched Lady Bird several times. Oh, the, me too. Those films have like a real point of view. Yes. They have a thematic tone and they have, you know, ideas that they're trying yeah. to get across. But this was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's It the... could be a good date night movie too. Oh yes, I agree. Yeah. If um, I ever have a date, I'll remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's ever at night. Yeah. All of those day dates that you go on. Yeah. Yeah, the only things that I was really comparing it to is like plot wise of Lady Bird and Eighth mm. Grade. Not necessarily tone, but um Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I'm happy about that. I'll I am take too. It. Yeah. Great. More wow, movies. Jimmy, this was your last chance. If you gotta know we were kicking you <laughs> off, remember? Oh yeah. yeah. Let's get let's get more movies in the future. Let's do it. Jimmy so, is so happy right now. Guys, you can't see it. I am. But he <laughs> is grinning from ear to ear. Oh, it's such a big grin. He's it's so a rare happy. Thing for Jimmy to win. He's like, next week. And you wanna know something weird? What's weird? The minute after I watched this movie, I wrote no, and then the next morning I woke up and changed it to yes. Wow, oh, you just saved because I just realized, like, hey, you know what? There's no reason to be negative on this. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't expect it to be the next Citizen Kane or Lawrence of oh, Arabia. Well, for sure. next time Jimmy's going to try to talk us into <laughs> Animorphs in the Boston Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, what are we going to be talking each other into next time? I believe Dan, you are going to be talking us into something. It's a book, I oh. believe. Uh, one book? One book. Not, a, not one. a franchise, See, not I'm, a series? I'm a nice person. I'm not a cruel, evil dictator who requires you to read four books. <laughs> you will read four books of my choosing. And not only that, but it's a rather short book. Does it? it involve animals? It does. What? It's my favorite book of all time. Animorphs number one. No. <laughs> the Invasion. It's, it's what Animorphs should have been. It's anthropomorphic animals. Okay. Leading a revolution on their farm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, it's George Orwell's Animal Farm. Oh. oh okay. Jeff, I believe you have some exposure to this. And Yeah, I've, uh, Back I've in the experienced Disney. it a decade and a half to two decades ago. <laughs> Jimmy, you've never read it? Never read it. Well, prepare to have your mind blown, your socks rocked off, and your heart wrenched. <laughs> I mean, not really, but it's oh, fun. It's okay. funny. It's funny. So, on the next episode... Jimmy and Jeff are going to be reading Animorphs. <laughs> that was an yes. accident. It's I mean, working. You're not wrong. Jeff, got very, <laughs> Jeff got working. very excited. No, uh, Jimmy and Jeff are reading Animal Farm. It's a quick read. You can find it at your local library. I'm sure it's available as an ebook or an audiobook. Uh, so check out Animal Farm by George Orwell and listen to us next week to hear if I can successfully talk you into that. In the meantime, Jeff, <gasps> where can you find the podcast online? On www.talkmeinto.com. You could find us on Twitter at TalkMeInto. We got a Facebook if you're still using that with your grandparents. You can. <laughs> or Russian uh, bots. Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, you could. Uh, Trump 2020. Yeah, find us on your favorite 
podcast listener, like uh, Apple's podcast. There's no more iTunes or something, I heard. Yeah, Spoiler alert. Uh, who knows? Apple uh, Podcasts. Spotify, think. Stitcher. Yeah. You could leave us reviews on all those. You could leave us reviews on Stitcher, I found out. Uh, so do that as yeah. well. We're also on iHeartRadio, which I did not know. We're on iHeartRadio? Somehow. Oh. I, think, <laughs> I didn't know that. I think they're owned or affiliated with another program that we Guys, put Guys, check us out on iHeartRadio, yeah. uh, formerly Clear Channel, the devil oh of the early 2000s. And if you feel so inclined, you can email us. At talkmeinto at gmail.com. That's G-M-A-I-L. Not to be confused with all those boys pretending to be gangsters. Okay. Gmail. And Jeff, where can they find you individually online? On Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27, Jeff with five Fs, 27. I have at least two dozen followers that do not interact with me. So uh, you'll have my attention if you tweet at me. So do it, please. Jimmy, where can they find you on the internet time? They can find me at son of a fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you should watch my new video that's out. Uh, my friend Cooper made it. It's called Lover Searching. We'll put it in the show notes for this episode. Jimmy has a mustache in it. You should watch I it. I do. And this isn't even out of date because this episode will be dropping very I soon. I know. And it's brand new. Yeah. Dan, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Danny underscore breakdown. <laughs> and you can read my reviews because I'm back, baby. Three oh, reviews wow. this week alone. I saw. So excited. Letterbox.com under the name Danny Breakdown. In the meantime, thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Animorphs again. Welcome to Talk Me Into. What the f***, Jim? Read the script. I will say welcome when I want to say welcome. The, you went always script, have to be man. a thank you. You went off script last time. I want to thank the audience. <laughs> Fine. Thank you for talking. <laughs> Damn it. Wow. This wow. is what I get for going off wow. script. Wow. I'm going to stop here to look. We always forget to look. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look either. It's part of this. We didn't have any tweets. I know that. We didn't have any uh, Facebook messages. We didn't have any emails. So really, it's just reviews or... What are you checking? iTunes? Yeah, I'm checking. I'll iTunes. check the website. Don't think so. I don't think anyone does it on the website. Jimmy's dad. Oh, your your dad actually did uh, review us. Oh, really? Yep. All right. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy was mid word. He's like. <laughs> no, that Sorry, was actually a stretch. <laughs> I burped up acid. Oh. Good old acid reflux. That's your huh? body telling you to stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> All right, we ready? Chili dog only diet. <laughs> no, the second one had sauerkraut and mustard. Look at Jeff with the troubleshooting. I create trouble, and then I shoot it down, and then I proclaim myself the hero. Yeah. What you guys don't know is that I'm the one who shredded the charger that's creating the buzzing. You went so, to J- Jimmy's house and just a little bit. Every day, every single day. Just tick a razor and went one slash, one centimeter stri- slash at a time. Yep, for the last three years. So he never was like, oh my God, what happened to my charger? He's just like, oh, this is my charger. <laughs> yeah. And then when the situation, like the buzzing and the headphones presented itself, I presented some sort of way to solve it. 
And now when it gets solved, I will be proclaimed the hero of Talk Me Into. And that's why Jeff's motto is, if you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the cord and... Check out the hook. No, but I was going to... Come on, Jeff. I don't want to say the actual lyrics because that's copyright infringement. We can't afford that. We're not on air. To the ice estate. On air. (laughs) 